Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mega Vision Show number 75. It is uh, March 21st, 2021. This is a companion podcast to Mega Visions magazine. I'm your host, Graham Cookson. And joining, this week, joining me this week, uh, he's tried to discover a little something to make him sweeter. So give him a little respect. It's Marcin Gulick. How's it going, hey, buddy? Hey, it's going good. I, like I said before the show, I had a couple margaritas last night, so I could be better, um, but I'm ready to roll. Excellent. <laughs> well, it's, always, it's good to have, hear you're having a good time before the show. And uh, <laughs> what a show we have. What a show we have. Sadly, uh, Scotty can't be with us this week, so it is just the two of us. Uh, bad boys, you know. What you going to do? Um, <laughs> but yes, we're one, we're back once again live on Twitch. Uh, so keep us company and fire up any questions you have in the chat, and we'll try to get to them as we go through the show. And as always, we'll be answering some of your burning questions. There's going to be some more Justice League Snyder Cut chats, I think, happening, and we have our feature discussion where we'll be looking at the ongoing rumors of Microsoft buying Sega and konami uh so yeah strap in for the ride that is this week's megavision show oh oh no i've lost i've lost my intro there we go So just laughing off air at how, uh, I don't know, I just seem to be really unprepared today, even though we just spent like half an hour setting up the show. And hey yeah, there, Master we Welsh. Welsh. We started Welsh running, and then we just tripped. Yeah, right basically. Before the the gunshot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, but we've got an exciting show for you, so that's the main thing. And uh, just a shout out to Master Welsh. Hey there. Guten Morgen, he says. Guten Morgen. Yes. Guten Morgen. Yeah, das ist sehr gut. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, Martin? No, I, I, <laughs> I was going to say un poquito in Spanish. <laughs> ambition, ambition. That's German, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I only speak a tiny bit of German, but not properly. Anyway, yes. Hi, hey, Master Welsh. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, let's just kick off the show how we normally do with our how our week's been going. So, Martin, buddy, how's it going? Well, uh, this week, um, I think the biggest things that I've, I've done is, is watch more TV. <laughs> um, I watched the justice league, uh, mm. Snyder's, uh, justice league, uh, on Friday, we started at 7 PM and then it ran through what, like 11 PM. Mm. Um, and yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Uh, I also watched Falcon and the winter soldier, uh, last night, uh, I'm continuing to watch The Crown, and I also watched The Grammys oh. last week because, oh. you know, why not? Why not? I haven't why seen not? them in a while. I was curious to see how uh, COVID Grammys looked like, and I uh, wasn't disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> did they have an audience? Like, what did they do? They had, uh, it was just the artists and musicians outside. It was like okay. just the ones who were nominated. Uh, and and then uh, their performances were in a separate studio. Okay, 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 so. cool. I I have to be. I've never watched the Grammys or the Oscars or anything like that before. Uh, I've seen clips of them after they've gone live, and never never really bothered to. I guess it's never interested me to be honest. Like, yeah, sometimes I'm I'm just a sucker for pop culture stuff. Yeah, that's fair know. enough. No, you that's got me. Yeah, it's no 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 shade thrown there. Just uh, 
Yeah, just one of those things I never. I guess I don't really follow pop music as such. Like, there's some stuff that comes on the radio. I'm like, yeah, I like this, but most of the bands I listen to aren't really Grammy material, or you know. <laughs> I guess, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. So, anything else? Any any other fun stuff? Any pickups this week? No, uh, no particular pickups besides my cleaning supplies and toilet paper. But uh, if if you had something a little cooler than that, please feel free to share. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, a bit like you, I've also been watching uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Justice League. So we're going to chat about those two things in a second. Um, I've also been uh, playing, like being obsessed with Xenocider, basically. So, um, oh, yeah. Marcy's about to do something. This this may not work. This is the first time we've ever tried this. Aha! Yes, there's my footage of uh, Xenocider on the screen live now. So yeah, I actually streamed this on Friday. So I've been streaming for the last few weeks, basically, um, on my own, just uh, some Dreamcast stuff, a bit of Speed Devils and stuff. But since Xenocider came out... Wait, let's grab the box. Since this bad boy came out, Xenocider, I've kind of been loving it, a bit, a bit obsessed with it. Um, I've only actually played it while I've been live streaming, so I haven't been playing it on my downtime or anything. This is one tough cookie, though. It's a, it's a, if we've spoke about it before on the show, but if you don't, if you don't know, it's a arcade style shooting game, kind of on rails, but you just kind of going continuously forward. We got to shoot enemies and dodge them and stuff, but it's a tough one. Um, you really have to sort of learn the different, uh, enemies where the enemy placements are and stuff and avoid their fire. But each time you play it, it's, um, like, you know, it's not as easy as just, knowing where the enemies are going to be and stuff. And like the bosses actually change their routines every time you play it, which is quite interesting. Uh, but it's very tough. A few of the team have played it, um, but I managed to finish it. So I'm really happy about that. Oh, so yeah, I finished the storyline, the story mode. Um, there's seven levels in total. And then you un- that leads you to unlock. Um, so you- as you're playing through the game, you do unlock different modes. You've got one, which is kind of like basically a remake of Space Harrier, which is really cool. Um, they kind of just basically remade Space Harrier. Um, I'm not the mass biggest Space Harrier fan, but it's really fun to play. There's like an almost like an endless mode where you're kind of like shoot. It's almost like a 3D Space Invaders style game where you're flying through the air and Space Invaders are coming at you. You just got to mm-hmm. kill them before they get past you. But then you when you complete the game, you unlock Maniac mode, which is basically the the entire single player game, but all the levels are sort of semi merged into one. Like you basically you don't they kind of goes to the next level, but you kind of um. You don't have a break between them. It just keeps going. Um, and the level's actually slightly different. They adjust them slightly. So it's kind of, it's very impressive. And I'm, I'm loving this game. I think it's brilliant. Um, the last two bosses, are, the last two levels are kind of really tough as well, especially. But uh, yeah, it's one of those, get, the thing I like about the game, especially, is the more you play it, the better you do get. So the first time I played it, I died on the first level. Like three times in a row and I was dead. I was just like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, this is hard. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's one of those things that I've been playing and loving and just digging it really, really a lot. But yeah, so yeah. What else? What else are we doing? I think I think that's kind of it. Oh, I did get one pickup actually. Did get one pickup. So well, Cheer actually, class. I t- I tell a lie. I got multiple pickups. But I'm actually going to save some of them for next week because hopefully Scotty's going to because he has on. so many. Yes, basically I've got too many. I can share these over the next year, um, sort of. No, <laughs> not really. But um, I'm pretty sure I haven't shown this yet. But I picked up this game called Bang Gunship Elite um, for the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, not I had, porn. Not 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 porn. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've 
Never heard of this game. I think it's a drink, uh, sort of American only Dreamcast release. It might be coming out in Japan as well, but it wasn't in Europe. Um, but someone, um, Dreamcast Junkyard's Facebook channel just started talking about it. And I was like, what is this magical treat? Um, but it's like a 3D space shooter game, basically. Kind of a bit like Star Lancer, I guess, but, um, yeah, not quite like Star Lancer. Star Lancer is a little bit different. And I haven't actually played this one yet, though. But I saw it and I was like, I, I just dig 3D space shooters. They're like, they're like one of those things. If you find a good 3D space shooter, it's great. I love it. Uh, there's a lot of terrible ones out there as well. But so yeah, need to, um, hopefully maybe next week I'll actually start streaming this one on my, on my stream on Friday instead. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, other than that, um, not a huge amount, I guess we've, um, I mean, should we, should we have a quick chat about, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Do that yeah, again? I think we could do that. I, th- if, I think you might have more coherent opinions and thoughts than mm. I do on that one, but I can uh, <laughs> yeah. assist as well. I have well, some some thoughts. Yeah, um, actually, very quickly. Sorry, Mar- Master Wells has just asked the question, where do you purchase? If you're talking about Xenocider, um, I can actually show you if I bring up. This is uh, Retro Songs' shop I'm actually showing right now, which uh, you can buy the game directly from it. So... That's retrosummers.com forward slash shop. I will actually drop that in the chat for you there. Um, as for the other Dreamcast game I showed, if that's the one you're talking about, I just got it off um, eBay, basically. Um, so, yeah, cool. But uh, back to, sorry, back to the Winter Soldier. Let's check it out. Um, so, what are your thoughts, dude? Like, um, so, there's only one episode's come out so far. It's like the next big thing since WandaVision. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I mean, I think it's a good, I think it's a nice setup, um, to uh, what I'm assuming is, I, I mean, I don't even know how many episodes it's going to be. Is it going to be eight, like WandaVision? It's six, apparently. I, I read it's a six part series or something. So is it also supposed to be a one-off like WandaVision? I think you know? so. I don't, I don't actually know. don't know for sure. Um, yeah, it, uh, could, it could very well be just a one-off setting up for the next movies and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like nothing really like jumped out at me, but I think there was a, a lot of good uh character building. I mean, you know, sometimes in uh superhero movies, not not all the time you can get, you know, a little more in depth with, you know, their their characters. Um especially ones like Falcon and the Winter hmm. Soldier. I don't think they had enough time to shine before, so um I think that was good, but nothing really jumped out at me um, necessarily. Obviously, they're kind of all dealing with the ramifications of Captain America not being there. Spoilers, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Avengers. Um, <laughs> I think everyone did at this point since it made so much money. But yeah, yeah uh, I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. I, I think I'll watch, continue to watch. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm digging it. Uh, so yeah, obviously only one episode's come out, so it's kind of too early to really tell. But uh, the production value and stuff, it feels like so like one division, which was its design, was designed very much to feel like a TV show. Um, that's partly of like how the story was developed and stuff. Um, if you haven't seen one division, go check it out. But um, this one actually felt more like it was a cinematic experience, even just from the first episode. Like some of the action scenes and stuff felt very much in keeping with like the Captain America movies, for example, I found, um, and I'm very mm-hmm. interested to see what's happening. Really. Um, I think the introduction to the bad guy and stuff has been kind of interesting, kind of the mystery around it a bit. Um, I'd like to see where it goes basically. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I, I guess it's too early for us to really tell. Um, 
maybe it's an early discussion, but yeah, I'm, I'm digging it so far. And as you say, first I think, impressions solid. Yeah, first impressions very solid. And as you said, I guess Falcon especially, there wasn't really much backstory to him in the movies. It was just like he just rocked up in Winter Soldier the movie and was just like, yeah, I, I I'm a pilot kind of guy. And it uh, turns out you've got full wings and stuff <laughs> that he flies around with. <laughs> um, but yeah, and um, one thing I've from need. the trailers, which uh, we've actually got one of the trailers playing at the moment, um, the the girl who was uh, the neighbour of Captain America and Winter Soldier, she's in it. Um, not not in the first episode, but she's appeared in the trailer, so she must be in the, the show. I don't even remember. She's like an agent mm-hmm. um, who's pretending to be he's just a neighbour, basically. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's uh, something I'm definitely interested in. But um, I guess that moves us on to the bigger chat, which would be talking about the bigger, big, the big movie moment of the year so far, I'd say. Justice League Snyder Cut. So, oh, yes. dude, how are you feeling about the Justice League? Well, I was one of those people who didn't follow this uh, movement, I guess, if you want to call it, uh, into its, you know, complete fruition in in the hbo max uh release mm. um and i did watch the original justice league that came out in 2017 wasn't impressed okay yeah i think many people weren't er, weren't impressed in it from justice yeah. league's uh uh 2017 version mm. it, if people didn't know where i was going with that um <laughs> and yeah this the this version was a much needed improvement uh, over its predecessor. Um, Snyder said in in an interview, you know, essentially that, you know, you're trying to get me to introduce two or three new superheroes and explain a whole alien invasion in a two hour movie. And it's not really something you can, you can really do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also, you know, the, the other problem was, you just had, you know, changing of directors in the first one, and then you had reshoots and cuts, and then you had that terrible CGI uh, mustache off Superman, and they were talking about that weird line he said too. It was all, it was all a cluster. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, it didn't feel like four hours to me. I, I thought it, it flew by personally, and. I think like like you you can tell you know in the scenes where they expanded it and and like you could like oh yeah that they, they made this one longer but like so, even some of the scenes that they did where it was just like an additional word or a sentence you know or a little bit longer explanation was absolutely needed mm-hmm. um the you know the the expanded explanation of the flash and and cyborg and all that was was really really good um and yeah definitely much needed because you know in the, in the first version it's just like yeah hey they're there they had one scene like oh the he hey look it's this guy he's doing something weird <laughs> we, we gotta go get him you know and join our team like th- th- like that was the extent of it yeah um, um yeah totally totally agree with that i think um from my side Try, but I actually ended up watching in two sittings because I watched it with my partner, Kate. Um, we actually started watching it quite late in the evening. Um, I think we started watching it like nine o'clock, stupidly. We knew it was a four hour movie and it was like <laughs> eight or nine o'clock. We'd finished dinner. We're like, let's watch this movie. Um, um, and about halfway through, about just over two hours in, 
uh yeah i really needed the toilet so i was like i just have a toilet break and uh <laughs> basically i went to get a Thankfully drink they cut it into chapters too yes. so you can break it off yeah so i think it's that sh- um part five we stopped at or something um so yeah, i think that technically there's seven parts in total um like if you include mm-hmm. the epilogue and yeah so when it came up with part five i was like right pause i need the toilet <laughs> basically but then um it got really late and um, my partner, she basically went to get a grab a pillow from the, the bedroom um, so she could like relax a bit more on the sofa. And five minutes later, I was like, where is she? And I walked back in. She's just falling past out on the bed, basically. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll be right back, honey. Yeah. But the thing is, it wasn't, didn't really feel like, as you said, it didn't really feel like four hours. I know I watched it in chunks, but that two hours flew by for me, that first opening two hours. And that's the slowest bit of the movie. Like, I was just loving it. Like, I'd say it's slow. There's lots of exposition, but there's also, there is still action in it. Um, yeah. And as you said before, the introduction of the Flash, um, Flash in particular, and also Cyborg, no, Cyborg especially, really made much more sense because I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the original one for a, a while, a good couple of years. I can't remember, but in that, did they really explain... Uh, cyborg's connection to the mother box and stuff you know all, all that stuff because i feel like it's just he was just a guy and he he kind of like they sort of introduced him a little bit and then he sort of said i don't want to be part of this and then suddenly like uh he's like oh yeah the um the head scientist from um i can't remember the name of the company now damn it um the head scientist is basically being kidnapped or something because they were talking about like how many people have been kidnapped but there was no explanation that that was his dad and stuff um, yeah, I don't think not to that extent. I don't think yeah. they had a. I had those. They had those explanations. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, all of it, and then like you know the the reshoots of the uh, the action scenes. You know, obviously mm-hmm. the ones with uh, Superman in his black suit. All those were obviously reshots. So anything yeah. you see with uh, <laughs> with Superman in it, where where he's essentially in a black suit, all those were were complete reshoots. Um, yeah. And and even like even Superman's thing, like like the the way they, you know, they brought him back, and and they had those additional scenes with uh, Lois, mm-hmm. and 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 then the the thing with the mother who went to Lois Lane, which was interesting. Uh, I don't know how much we want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we should have spoilers just yet because it's still quite early, but we can just have. Uh... We could sort of chat about bits and pieces, um, stuff that's well, kind of there, the there's a specific cameo that that happens um, right. in the movie, and I thought it was an interesting one. Uh, the the thing that um, Snyder said essentially was he he wanted like uh, HBO actually fought him uh, to not include those things because oh. they didn't want people to get get the hope that. Uh, there would be more movies because I think they're basically saying this is a one and done. We want, you know, like we're, we're, we're giving this to you and we're letting you make it. But like these specific things that he wanted to include, they didn't want people to get false hope that there were going to be more movies in, you know, his universe. Right. Um, So it's, it's interesting. I I don't know if maybe the the reaction to the movie might change their opinions, and maybe they will expand upon it. But I don't know. I think uh, Zack Snyder also said that you know, like in comic books, they have these kinds of things too, with like you know, flash forwards and flashbacks, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it'll it, it'll uh, expand into another comic mm-hmm. book or whatever. And that's just the style that he wanted. But you know, he he wanted people to know what 
could have happened essentially. Yeah. Know, yeah. Including those in the movie. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. And I actually got right now, I've got playing the two different traders side by side, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, this, the, the Snyder cut's just showing loads of different footage compared to the original Justice League, even just the trailer. Um, it's, it's nuts. Um, I, I understand what HBO sort of meant about like not wanting to include certain things to code make people hope for a new movie but i'm glad they stayed mm-hmm. in because i feel like getting the full vision of the original what the original movie was meant to be is really cool and hopefully who knows maybe maybe warner brothers down the line will be like okay actually this new version has done really well let's make more of these because i i've got a, okay i've got a controversial opinion which i've always got a controversial opinion on this show <laughs> um, the controversial one so i, I probably need to watch this again to reinstate, like to sort of um, re-cement, reinforce my opinion, because I often like to watch movies at least twice before I make a final judgment. But mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Endgame because I liked Endgame, but I didn't love it. Everyone else loved Endgame. I was just like, it's definitely not my favorite Marvel movie. Um, and there's stuff in this that, like, I know Endgame's the end of the whole, you know, end of that era and stuff. And this one was more, yeah, like a start of it, but. They're, like there's just elements to the story and stuff that I really enjoyed, and I was like, "Oh, I'm I would be really excited to see more stuff." So it's like big controversial thing at the moment. I enjoyed this more than I did Endgame. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, Justice League. Um, I, I mean, I think there was more. I don't know how to describe it. More introspection, a little more subverted. Uh, you know, because I, I, there was, I don't know, more explanations and narrative and, and that kind of stuff. Th- that's the vibe I got from justice league. I, I think I still do like Endgame better. Okay. That's fair. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just thought like everything just kind of hit really well, like, like everything landed in Endgame. but also it, it might be biased because like, you know, seeing it in a movie theater, I think kind of just enhanced that experience too. Cause people, you know, are cheering and clapping and laughing and all that kind of stuff. Right, so yeah. I feel like that just adds to the experience where it's just, you know, me slouched on a couch <laughs> with like, you know, a bucket of popcorn. Ha, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really, uh, you know, emit, elicit the same response. That's uh, fair. Yeah. I, I understand. Theater, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I totally agree with that. Cause I think I've said it before on this show, my, the favorite movie, my favorite movie experience I've ever had is independence day, the original independence day. I'm not saying that's my favorite movie, like by a long shot. I love, I think Independence is great, but for movie experience I've ever had, that was like amazing for me at the time because of the big screen and the atmosphere around you and everything. It was just so good. Um, so yeah, I think being at, at the movies, that experience does help lend a bit more stuff to it. Um, oh, for sure. But yeah. Um, but one other thing, sorry, just talking about the characters as well. The one thing I liked about this version was some of those characters which felt like lesser characters in the original version ended up having a purpose in this. Um, so mm-hmm. without any spoilers or anything, uh, I felt like Cyborg was done justice, for example, and the Flash as well, in fact. Because in the original version, they were kind of just more like a kind of side characters, almost like they were just sort of added in because they're part of the Justice League in the comic books or something. Yeah, um, I mean, like the Flash's like backstory was like them watching through like a CRTV or whatever it is, him stealing something in, in the yeah. first one. <laughs> and then that was basically it, you know, like there was... They they made there wasn't that whole scene with you know the the 
the cars and all that stuff. Mm. And the, and and just the the way they they did the special effects with like the slow motion was I don't know it was so it, it was so amazing. I don't know yeah. it looked great. Um, it did look really good. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, and, that, and and cyborg yeah. cyborg um, like cyborg had a better backstory, but also just um, his abilities and stuff were shown so much better in this. Like. In the original one, I felt just like, yeah, he's just a dude who's kind of like a bit of a robot, but this was had way more to it. Um, and explaining about like his abilities was so good. And then the fact how they lend themselves to helping in the story and stuff. Um, and more about, you know, relationship with his parents, you mm-hmm. know, the mom and dad and all that kind of stuff. You know, like there yeah. was, it, it just needed all of it. It felt like, like in the first one, like, they had a scene and then it looked like it was going somewhere and then they cut it off. And then all it like the important, and then like the, the view of the movie just keeps going like, huh, what? But like, it just needed those extra minutes of explanation. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, like it really lifts up the scene, you know, yeah. adding in that extra context. Yeah. So. And I don't know how you felt about it, but the flash in the original one was kind of annoying. Like his little comments and stuff he'd make just felt annoying. But in this one, because they explained, yeah. they explained what he's, they explain more of his backstory and his character came through a bit more. So when he started making those comments and like his just mannerisms, I was like, I'm, I'm liking this guy now. Like he just seems kind of, I don't know. It just, it just felt like a properly fleshed out character. They just needed to add that other dimension. Yeah. You know, mm. you know, the, the, the job and, you know, with his dad and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the additional scene of him saving somebody and, and, yeah, it, it just all it just needed it. They, like it didn't feel like oh they just they got him and now he's like the snarky you know quick wit witted guy you know that that, that they got to put in there you know like yeah. there there was more depth to it than that you know definitely yeah so I mean from from your okay so judging from what you said I assume you're thinking it's better than the original um, is, oh, that, yeah. is that a fair statement okay would you say yeah. it's definitely worth it worth the two hour no it's not two hour the four hour sorry. The four-hour watch. I think so. Yeah, I mean, like, if you like, okay, if you like superhero movies, if you're, uh, if you are um, respectful of DC and just what the Justice League is, and you wanted a good portrayal of it, and you, the original version left a bad taste in your mouth, you're gonna want to watch this to cleanse your palate and have a different view, at least, of you know the DC universe I, I feel like the dc movies in general it's it's kind of it's kind of strange because like you know disney and marvel like they had like this entire timeline and all these movies that connected together and disney and marvel i guess they did it with the hulk with like three different versions but like with <laughs> dc it's like they were like six different reboots and, and oh, revisions yeah. of it's what the batman is or the joker like we have this joke jared letter letter jared leto <laughs> larry jetto joker <laughs> uh and then you have you know a joker movie but that's not really related to that version mm-hmm. and then you have the suicide squad and then oh, they God. just dump that and now they're rebooting the suicide squad with like most of the same cast but you know so forget about that like it's just a whole it's like a whole mess like it's it's yeah. th- there's no coherent uh plan or vision because they they've you know they've either cut things or i don't i don't know what their direction is but it's it really felt like it was without you know yeah it, it felt very reactive almost to marvel yeah um because until that point until like like you know when iron man first came out and stuff like 10 years ago until then 
DC had basically ruled the superhero movie first, basically, with the Superman movies and the Batman movies just alone. Like, at that point, there was no real big Marvel stuff. Yes, you had the X-Men to a point, but they were they were kind of owned by Fox at the time. Um, but yeah, and even they weren't as big a successes as the Batman movies, for example. Like the Dark Knight trilogy was like massive. You had the Batman movies in the 80s and 90s as well, which did really well. Um, I, I mean, I would say DC ruled the 80s and 90s. Um, I mean, like I was going to say even television, you know, you had the Batman animated series and all oh, that yeah, stuff. That but, they came out. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I think at the turn of the century, though, you know, X-Men, like you mentioned, that came out in 2000 and then even Spider-Man came out 2001 True. or no 2002 sorry so yeah. like like you know those were both from sony pictures uh but there there are marvel movies and they were good movies you mm. know x-men 2 spider-man 2 both like one of the best sequels to you know a, a superhero absolutely franchise yeah. for yeah. sure although uh, they they both went off the rails with spider-man and then they and both went off the rails with three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah last hand and then freaking emo peter parker oh you know. my god i just just one side thing on the on spider-man 3 i remember my friend went to see it two days before i got to see it and he was we we're at some sort of house party and he started talking everyone was like oh you, you saw spider-man today he's like yeah it was terrible i was like I was like, really? It can't be that bad. Like, um, and he's like, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Like, there's one point where he kind of dressed up like an emo and he's like walking down the street doing this like strutting thing. <laughs> and I thought my friend was just being over the top ridiculous. Like, clearly that didn't happen in the movie. Hyperbole, yeah. I watched the movie two days later. I was like, this literally happens. This is the worst thing. Like, oh my God. What is going on? <laughs> It's like the, it's the emo scene was big then. You know, it's 2007. You know, you gotta, you gotta. Put that on Peter Parker for some oh, reason. Man. And it is also a case of too many villains. Oh, like, yeah. how do you go from Spider-Man 2 where you focused on Doc Ock and then you like threw in like three or four guys? Yeah, because you had you had the whole Venom, you had the Venom thing, you had Sandman, you had, Sandman. Um, I've got his name now. Um, uh, Osborne? Yeah, Osborne, yeah. Um, yeah, like Green Goblin's son, basically. Um, was he, did he, was he technically meant to be Hobgoblin or was he just a dude, uh, like, I think it was, yeah, I don't know. Either way. Yeah. Not good, folks. Not good. Yeah, that's really bad. And that's that's kind of how I felt with Iron Man 2, actually. They put too many storylines into one movie. But uh, that's another conversation. And then, like, and then, like the, 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 with the DC stuff, like, they had Man of Steel, right? They had mm-hmm. that Superman movie in, like, 2006. It was okay, right? Mm. And then they did it again with another different Superman, you know what I mean? With Henry Cavill, who, yeah. you know, is 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 the right superman like he i thought he did a great job as superman yeah i uh, i really enjoyed the, um, the I thought, what was the, i just forgot what it's called what's the name of the first henry cavill superman movie uh man of steel wait was that man, is of, it not man of steel yeah it must be oh yeah because everyone was superman returns wasn't it yeah okay yeah, yeah. so yeah what's man of steel so i just got confused then um yeah man of steel um i enjoyed that um i mean superman's not my favorite superhero and stuff but yeah I, he's just too plain for me like he's like it's superman you know like i, <laughs> I understand like people like it and he's got this interesting you know background with all the alien stuff but i don't know like i i feel like i i, I want somebody with more uh uh, character fall flaws and that kind of stuff. That's why I think I preferred Batman over Superman. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I think is- Batman can also be a little too brooding and, and emo ish, but hey. Yeah. 
<laughs> there, there was an interesting. It's, I think it might be from a movie. Actually, there's an interesting take on Superman, which I it was always stuck with me. That so, someone in this movie was talking about how Superman was his favorite superhero because he's unlike any other superhero. As in his superpower, superhuman form as Superman, that is him. Whereas his actual disguise is him being a normal human, basically. Whereas every other superhero or hero out there, they've got like Bruce Wayne, you know, or I'm trying to think. Like they're just, they're like, uh, they are just um, a normal person, but then they dress up and disguise themselves as Batman, as um, yeah, Spider-Man but okay, like, like you, you can't, you can't tell it's Bruce Wayne under that cowl, but like fucking Superman, like <laughs> he puts on glasses or he takes off glasses and puts a curl down, and now he's all of a sudden <laughs> Superman. <laughs> That's not Clark Kent. That's Superman. <laughs> like, and he puts the glasses on. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Oh, man. Like, I, know I never understood that part. I like, know that's, that's a, obviously the same person. <laughs> that is a ridiculous thing. Although, there's a really good video online of, do you know, do you remember Christopher Reeves who did the um, sort yeah. of, uh, earlier Superman? Was that 70s yeah. or 80s or whatever it was? Um, like, the, the big the big Superman movies of the back then. He they were showing how he did a really good portrayal of um, of Superman and Clark Kent because even though he's like the same guy and he would just like put, take like take his glasses off and stuff, when he was Clark Kent, the way he moved and stuff was really dorky and really clumsy and just kind of like all over the place. And as soon as he turned into Superman, he was like proper, like standing up tall and like just showed that he was super strong. And it was actually like a really good reflection. So I was like, that's how you play Superman basically. Whereas every other Superman person since then has just been a, a big guy, basically. Good-looking um, macho guy in glasses, yeah. and then good-looking macho guy without glasses. Same <laughs> posture. Yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay, so let's... Sorry, moving on with this. Um, what do you think the future of the franchise would be for this, for the, for the Justice League, for the DC comic movie universe? Do you think potentially it could go somewhere now, or do you reckon this, this is it, it's done? Um the, the Snyder Cut is the final Justice League sort of thing. We won't continue this movie. Uh, the story I, think my, at all. I think my cynical side is going to say that this is the end of his version because he wanted to make like two or three more movies. I, I feel like there's no way Warner Brothers would allow him to make more movies just because, like, honestly, objectively, Batman versus Superman wasn't good. And he made that movie, too. Um, okay. I, I, know, I know they made this movie partially because of the fans and there was just that giant movement also partially because uh he he there was a there was a battle between warner brothers and him and his wife who i think was a producer but also at the same time when this happened his daughter committed suicide his adopted daughter committed suicide Mm -hmm. so this was all happening at the same time so i feel like there was there was a sense of guilt and an apology for for Zack snyder to to complete this movie on top of the fan movement. And this was just kind of like a unique situation where, where, you know, fans and all this willed a different version of a movie into existence. Like, has that ever happened before? I feel like it hasn't. I don't think where it has. People no. were, were unsatisfied with the original version. And then they got the <laughs> director to come back, reshoot scenes, and then, you know, create a four hour movie from a movie that was released, you know, four or five years ago like that's mm. that's pretty incredible it's amazing um, and um, but yeah if, if he did it justice no pun intended but i don't <laughs> i don't think it's gonna go anywhere i i'd be happy to be proven wrong but i that's just 
my opinion. That's on. fair. Yeah, and I think I kind of, yeah, I guess my sane side is sort of saying, yeah, there probably wouldn't be any more. You're right. Um, this was like the one shot, like um, redemption almost. But I am I, my, I kind of, I kind of get this feeling that maybe, maybe the precedent has been set that if something does do really well, perhaps they might actually look at expanding upon it. Um, like Warner Brothers, at least might, might have some interest because yes, even though Snyder did do Batman versus Superman, I think, I think the reason why this was sort of allowed to happen was because Zack Snyder did say there was so much footage that was just left on the chopping room floor. And then the reshooting would have been minimal to actually make the movie as he wanted. Um, and his vision was so good for it. Um, that, that perhaps maybe they, they say, if you can keep up this quality, you know, do it sort of thing. But, but you're right. It probably, it probably won't happen. I don't want to get too I mean, excited. The, basically. the other thing though, is like, I, I like one thing I do like, like I said, with Marvel, I just do like that structure that there's this plan, you know, mm. I, I don't know if I like this piecemeal, like, like they have a new Batman coming out with, Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. right? Like you already have another Batman movie coming out with a different <laughs> Batman again. Like this yeah. is what the fourth or different fourth or third actor who's playing Batman in the past 10 years, you know, like I guess they can say the same with Spider-Man, but Hey, <laughs> yeah, no, um, you're right. Um, yeah, I think that's true. Marvel has the vision. They've got this thing mapped out. And even with Marvel, even though they had a 10 year plan for the first chunk, when they showed saw the success, they started writing the next or ten year plan. Basically, that's why they got this the new phase of um, Marvel movies starting to come out soon. So, I mean, like the, the, their new phase, it still looks like it's structured and it's going somewhere. Yeah. Like it was logical to start with WandaVision because she was grieving after you know the loss of you know Vision, mm-hmm. and then you have to kind of explain that you create a little story, and then it explain and then it, it it bridges really well into the next one, which I believe was. Uh, Doc, I was going to say Doctor Who. Uh, Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But but like they, they have a plan and, and there is a good structure there. But yeah. So yeah. I would like DC to do well. Like I want them to do well. I think they have good, good superheroes. I thought Aquaman was a good movie. You know, yeah. I thought the first Wonder Woman was good. 1984, not so much. See, that's the thing. Like they just released that, you know, like. Mm. I haven't actually seen uh, 1984 yet, so I'm not sure. I, I, I've got no opinion on that at all. I thought the Aquaman movie was bloody amazing. Um, like that impressed me so much. Like because having seen Justice League, having seen Batman vs Superman, I thought those two movies were fine. Personally, I didn't hate them like everyone else seemed to. I like these, these are fine for me. But then I saw Aquaman. I was like, that was great. I was like, came out of the movie going, that was seriously a fun movie. Like, and I loved the action. And the action was brilliant. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the next Aquaman movie. But yeah, I mean, they made Aquaman look cool. Like Aquaman was always the butt of everyone's jokes <laughs> because they're like, oh, you know, you can control the sea, but you know, if yeah. someone's getting, you know, assaulted on the beach, you can't do shit. You know, <laughs> like oh, if you come over in this pool, I'll get you with my whales. <laughs> but yeah, that's like that. There's a Family Guy sketch, isn't there? Like that. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, you come over here. No, okay. he's just like standing in the water, like, "Hey, come, come, come closer." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. Well, I think uh, I think that does it. I think we yeah, we both definitely enjoyed the Justice League, the new Snyder Cut version. Uh, mm-hmm. Check it out if you can. In the UK, for anyone who doesn't know, it's available on Now TV or Sky Cinema. Um, they've done a partnership with HBO, like they did with Game of Thrones, basically. So in America, mm-hmm. is it only available on HBO Max? Is that right? Yeah, I, I mean, like they they just have a whole 
slate of movies that they want, you know, that they're, they want to really push the service. So they got Mortal Kombat coming out next month. Ooh, they yeah. have the King Kong versus Godzilla movie coming out at the end, end, end of this month. And oh, is that coming a, out? There's a couple of other ones. That, is that coming out on HBO Max? Yeah. Oh, because I've been wanting yeah. to see that the uh, King Kong versus Godzilla movie. Um, like, oh, since, yeah, since the last out. Godzilla, because I love the last Godzilla movie, I thought that was freaking amazing. Oh, yeah, I thought King of All Monsters was amazing. I, yeah. I didn't understand why the critics didn't give it that high of a rating. I thought it was yeah. great. I, I, so it was easy. Like, it's a monster flick. What the hell did you want? Like, like this is exactly yeah. what I wanted him to do was fight the monsters. Yeah. Like, the people are more like, you know, backstory. We don't really care about, you know, like, hmm. I, 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 I will say I did like. Uh oh my God! What is his name? Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh my God! What is this? Oh, Brian yeah. Cranston. There yeah. we go. I did. I did like their relationship in the first Godzilla movie. I thought that was done really well too. But I, but again, like I thought, you know, Godzilla is the star of the show, so you want to focus on that and the monsters. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. And that's the ice. Like that was they, they were freaking scary. Like the, <laughs> like the way that they did, uh, like this, just the scaling of like you have like this giant three-headed monster in a block of ice in a cave oh yeah like <laughs> oh my god i like i was getting like anxious just looking at that you know yeah even mothra had her moments of being a kind of a scary monster yeah know, all of it, of, it was like, of like the gravitas and the size of them were yeah like really well done so yeah i'm excited for yeah the next one um yeah, I didn't realize it. I thought it was going to come out in the cinema, but obviously, I guess with COVID and stuff, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, I, hopefully, that's also got a deal over here on Now TV and Sky. So, yeah, hopefully, we'll get to see that. Awesome. Um, cool. So, I guess that wraps up that, uh, that little bit of chat, and that will move us on to our feature section. Now, Martin, do you want to have a quick break, or are you happy to keep going? What do you feel? Uh, I can go to the bathroom real quick, if we can do that. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, we will. Um, yeah, we'll have a very quick break, everybody. We'll be back hopefully in the next two minutes, maybe like a quick two minute break. So, yeah, stay tuned and we'll be back with some chat about uh, the rumors around Microsoft possibly buying Sega and Konami. The rumors are back again. We're going to have a quick chat about that. So if you've got any uh, comments or feedback or questions or whatever, drop in the chat and we'll uh, try to get them in the show. But uh, yeah, see you, in, uh, see you in a couple of minutes. Cheers. Cool. Yeah. So if you haven't heard, um, this has been going on for months now, um, basically for anybody, uh, since Microsoft announced that they were buying Bethesda or actually Zenimax, which is Bethesda's parent company, um, there've been more rumors circulating, circulating about possibly Microsoft buying Sega. Um, and more recently, Sega and Konami, and I think even Capcom sort of came about, um, which is quite impressive or quite crazy. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of come about um, because notoriously, ever since the original Xbox, Microsoft has really struggled to um, get a foothold in in Japan, um, which is like yeah. the one one region, which is a big region, obviously. But they uh, yeah. they <laughs> they just uh, they haven't they just haven't been able to quite successfully make it out there. So it's uh, it's it kind of makes sense almost for Microsoft to want to try and like look into getting a Japanese developer on their books. Um, so yeah. Um, but so yeah, essentially more and more recently, um, they talk about Sega wanting to buy them out. And I think part of this comes out of, um, the fact that more games have recently become come to the Sega, plat- uh, more Sega games have come to Microsoft platforms where they were actually more PlayStation exclusive. Um, right. so yeah. 
And uh, with Microsoft buying Bethesda, that's really enhanced the uh, ca- the catalog of games that Microsoft has that are going to be exclusive now for for Xbox and for PC, um, which just you know reinforces their offering for this generation, possibly even future generations. Because um, if you don't know, Zenimax, um, uh, who now Microsoft has now acquired. They own development studios such as Alpha Dog Games. They own um, Machine Games, Roundhouse Studios, Tango Gameworks, ZeniMax Online Studios, and more importantly, they own um, Arcane Studios, who make Prey and Wolfenstein games. They own iID Software, who make famously for the Doom games, and also Bethesda, who make the Elder Scrolls and like Dishonored games and stuff. So they've actually now got some huge franchises in there, which potentially are now looking like they're going to be. Uh, Xbox exclusive, which is huge. So, if Microsoft were to buy Sega, for example, they'd have one of the biggest game franchises of all time, Sonic the Hedgehog, under their belt, which would then become exclusive and stuff like that. Um, That'd be you know, great. With with Konami, you'd have games like Silent Hill, um, Metal Gear Solid, did some like some huge franchises, and the fact that they are big Japanese development studios kind of would hopefully help them sell consoles and games more in Japan. Um, so, yeah. Um, and um, just just to give some clarification of how badly Microsoft consoles sell in Japan, the uh, console sale reports in uh, the, at the end, last week of February, so just uh, was about three or four weeks ago now. Um, so last week of February... Xbox One. Guess actually, I'm going to do a guess. Uh, have you actually have you read the have you read the outline for this bit? Because I am reading it now. I'm okay, fair enough. I was going to get used to guess, but never mind. Xbox One has sold. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Xbox One sold ten units in one week. That's just ten. Insane. Xbox. Bad day on one like GameStop chain. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is crazy in the whole country. Yeah, I know it's nuts. Um, the Xbox Series X and S have sold about 1,500 copies, uh, 500 units, 1,500 units. Then you compare it to the PlayStation 4, so last generation console, 3,000 units in one week. It sold more. <laughs> it sold more than... <laughs> and the PlayStation 5 sold a whopping 33,000 units in one week. Um, so that just shows the xbox versus playstation comparison it's not even it's, there's no there's no competition there for x unless you bring in nintendo who the switch sold seventy eight thousand units in one week um which is just insane yeah, but yeah here's like playstation and then here's like nintendo like you can't even see it yeah on the camera but like insane. it's it's crazy man it's no oh, man uh well oh I, I don't even know where to start with this um so one thing I, I'm like, do you think the Japanese are just like, fuck this American console? Like we just, we like, we're very proud of, you know, our Japanese, you know, brands. And, and like, we already have two consoles in PlayStation and the Nintendo switch. So why get a third one? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, what the struggle is to really break in that market, you know? So, um, um so one of the things I know about, about um one thing i know, know about japan and the sort of the way they work a little bit um has been that so this actually came from a someone i know who works in the games industry uh he's worked in it for quite a while and he worked for I'm a western, he worked for a western studio and he said that 
yeah, at the time he worked for Western Studio, he basically said, just trying to get games out um, in, in Japan and sell them well is really, really difficult for Western Studios. So they, they think there seems to be a culture in Japan. I don't know if this has changed. This was actually quite a few years ago. It was like 10 years ago I spoke to him about it. Um, he was saying how um, it seems that they've got a very strict loyalty to Asian developers and, you know, franchises and stuff, companies, basically. There's this, like, um, uh, they, they want to support their own, almost, if that makes sense. So when an outsider comes in doing a similar or the same thing, they're like, why don't we just go with, why don't we go with a local brand, like a Japanese brand, which is, I guess is kind of fair enough. Like, you know, uh, Nintendo and Sony, they, they both make video games consoles. They're both Japanese. Why don't right. we support them? What's the point? Why do we, yeah. Why do we need to support Microsoft? They're, they're, yeah, exactly. Um, which is, you can, I can respect that a bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there's also a, a Japanese wing of, of Xbox and Microsoft. Like they also work in japan right like it, it's not like they're not japanese <laughs> you know, um, I, I, unless just because the overarching parent company is american you know i don't know yeah i think yeah i'm i'm not sure you have a very valid point i'm not sure what the argument there is uh for for or against that um yeah obviously microsoft employs a lot of japanese people in their in their japanese arm but yeah i guess there's just that feeling that this is an american company do we do like why don't we support our own basically um before before uh microsoft bought bethesda what would you consider to be microsoft's exclusive uh titles like their hard-hitting titles uh franchises sorry they really only had a couple didn't they they had um gears of war and halo uh as far as i could tell wasn't really I, that, I mean i was gonna say like i was like is there is there other ones i was like thinking maybe <laughs> killer instinct was on there for a little bit but oh, yeah so they do own the yeah they obviously own rare as well so they own rareware um but they haven't really done much with them they had yes they brought killer instinct uh back they had the rare vintage collection thing which was really cool so then you had games like perfect dark you had um banjo kazooie banjo tui on there um and they had the band they did have um on xbox 360 they did have it was the Banjo Kazooie? I can't remember what it's called. Nuts and bolts. That was it. They had that, but they didn't do very well. But that's because it wasn't as good a game as the well, other. It wasn't even the original. Most of the original people who developed the game, right? Like I think, like I think there was there was there's like this fear of like Microsoft buying off like Rare, and they have all these franchises that are under their roof, but like they didn't take advantage of almost any of them, and the ones they did, like Banjo Kazooie, didn't do well. You know. So. Yeah, um, I feel like yeah. No, you've got a point because with with Banjo Kazooie, as you say, with Rare, they, it was different. It was almost like a different studio at that point. They they weren't the same. wasn't exactly the same team that worked on them. So they've lost something there with it. And I, but I, I which is like, which is good for Microsoft then that they purchased Bethesda because that just gives them more exclusive. You know, big haters under the under their belt. You know, like Elder Scrolls. Mm -hmm. Wolfenstein, you know, like all those, all those, uh, franchises, uh, Dishonored, I guess, Doom, <laughs> yeah, you know, like the, that's also kind of like right up their wheelhouse too, like Gears of War, Halo, that kind of stuff. Like that kind of matches with Doom and Wolfenstein. Um, yeah. and, and then, you know, Xbox, I know like for me, like the first Xbox was like one of those, like, um, like RPG action things that, that like I went to, like they had Fable, they had, uh, 
Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, like that wasn't on PlayStation, you know, Mm -hmm. like those kinds of things were were what gravitated me towards um, the original Xbox on top of the Sega titles like Shenmue 2. Yeah. Obviously, because we're, you know, Sega focused. They think that (laughs) that was one of the things that I liked about the original console. Um, But then it just kind of fizzled out. I mean, Sega then just, you know, put their stuff I felt like more exclusively on Sony's console, um, yeah. you know, with the Yakuza series and, and, and all their other titles, Hatsune Miku, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that the, the, the other thing I'm, I'm looking at from like the Japanese developers perspective is like, is this a smart idea for them considering that they're not selling that well? Like would, would them purchasing us be a good idea? Like what if, now, like, Microsoft owns us, and now the Japanese people don't want to buy Konami or Sega games. Like, then you just completely tank Sega or Konami when Microsoft buys. Them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if it's exclusively for Xbox, and then no one's buying Xbox consoles, but not only Sega makes for Microsoft, you know? I don't know. I feel like that might not be good for them either. So that, that, that'd be an interesting predicament. Yeah, you've got you've got a very valid point. Yeah, because is is it worthwhile Sega or Konami or or Capcom, whoever, setting themselves to to Microsoft? Because as you say, it could have a negative impact on them. But that said, if Microsoft is the company, the parent company that owns them, um, I mean, in, in effect, if, for example, with the Bethesda buyouts, it was like how, how much was it? It was like in the billions, wasn't it? Like. 2 billion or 1.2 billion or something like that it was a huge buyout so i mean the in a a way those studios haven't lost anything as such they've they've kind of they've effectively covered um any profits they would have made from those games for uh, a long time in in effect i mean with those well yeah well off and i think sega and konami recently they're they're um sega's doing well but I don't think it's Bethesda well, you know, no, like Elder Scrolls and that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, Konami, I don't, I mean, I don't even know what, what they, are they still doing more games? Like Metal Gear Solid basically ended and I know they were trying to resurrect it, but like they had the whole fault with, you know, Hideo Kojima and that was a bad PR move. And then they had the mm-hmm. Silent Hills thing that went away pachinko slot machines i guess i don't know like i I, I don't know what they would gain from it i guess if if maybe like konami for example maybe that's more realistic if konami um would benefit from a you know a a parent public parent company like microsoft you know to to stay relevant not go out of business and then you know have metal the metal gear franchise silent hill because like konami has some pretty big hitters in in them too you know so Yeah, they might they might be better off than Sega, for example. I don't know. I don't know about Sega being yeah. by, by Microsoft. I think I think one of the problems with Sega is that they have sort of fallen into the the rut of making Yakuza games, making Sonic games, and then on the PC you got the Football Manage games and Total War games. That's kind of the franchise they're kind of known for now. They've lost. Mm-hmm. They've almost lost their way in a way. So I feel like they're not as big. And I, I do wonder sometimes if. Microsoft, for example, bought them out and they had the backing, the, the sort of financial backing to help promote some of their games more or like invest in making like a new Jets of Radio, for example, like those sort of more wacky games that Sega was really known and loved for. Would, would that actually help Sega? 
like um because they were like that's one of the things they don't have that yes sega makes millions of millions of dollars they're a multi-million dollar company but they when you compare to like how much they spend on you know advertising and stuff it's almost nothing and they it seems like they don't want to invest in any risky ventures anymore at the moment um and when they do invest in new games it seems to be kind of stereotypical rts style games which do sell well on pc but um mm-hmm. yeah they don't seem to have really gone for anything big so in some ways i feel I, like sega could benefit from this um, i think like the one thing that i would like to see if is if the, if this actually happens uh, who knows if it'll happen but in my you know in my pipe dream i think that what sega's current issue is is that they are still very fractured in terms of um messaging because the the western sega of america is different from sega of europe and that's different from sega of japan so so you know culturally and you know in terms of you know them making games it's like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing and Mm -hmm. then there's so many hoops you have to jump through i feel like maybe if you have someone like microsoft buy them they might create a better uh i don't know unified message or or plan or you know have them all work um work better i don't know more coherently because it it feels like at least from the interviews we've had before is is like you know sega of europe isn't exactly doing the same thing sega of japan is or you know if sega europe has to do something they have to go through all this whole process with (laughs) sega of japan to get approval and all that kind of stuff you know it's uh i'm sure it can't be that fun to go through all that red tape every every single time yeah, you know, that's even true. like console wars, like the same thing. Like Tom Kalinsky, like like you had to go through approval of Sega, uh, Sega of Japan to do any of these things, and then you'd get you know some um, immense uh, pushback on a lot of things that you want to do. You know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think that would be a good thing if, if Microsoft knew how to handle that. You know, yeah, uh, culture or. or uh, strategy a top-down you know strategy for sega where yeah. they all function as one unit but that that would be interesting if they were because the thing is even though microsoft i think in the past with some of the early studios they bought microsoft did sort of change tried to change them a bit and stuff but more recently with with game like their franchises like minecraft which microsoft now owns they kind of just let them do their thing they kind of just sort of said keep going basically just keep doing your thing um, so I wonder if they would, if they were to buy Sega, if they just leave them alone, just go, you just do your thing. We'll yeah. use a bit of financial backing or whatever, if we need be. Um, so that'd be interesting. And I think just, to, I think we need to take a step back as well, because a lot of the rumors that have come out of this have come from Sega's strengthening of their relationship with Microsoft. Cause you mentioned before when, when the first X, the original Xbox came out, a lot of Sega exclusives, like games that were in theory meant to go on the Dreamcast moved to the xbox um so you had Shen- you had shenmue 2 um which luckily in japan and, and europe we got it on the dreamcast but in america you didn't but it came to xbox no, um, not that great of a cover art either i, I would say i, I didn't <laughs> like it <laughs> fair like, enough Leo, you look a little different. that's okay <laughs> but um they ported that across they ported um i'm trying to think there's another game which um, is eluding me now valkyrie What's it called? It's like something about Valkyrie. I can't remember. Are you talking about to the Xbox? Moving to the Xbox, yeah. Um, uh, well, there was Jet Set Radio Future, uh, Jet Set which Radio I think Future. is more of like a, a kind of a reboot of the first one, or like a like a, 
I don't know, like a better version of the of the first Jet Set Radio. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, there were like a bunch of things they they put. It was like that brief period of time where they poured over all the uh, Sega titles. I'm sure that were Dreamcast. Yeah, uh, I think oh. Crazy Taxi. Sorry, the Akira Blade is just in the chat. Just said Gun Valkyrie. That's the game I was thinking of. Gun Valkyrie. I don't know if you've seen that, Martin, at all. That game. Um, mm-hmm. It oh, looks gorgeous. That's the other one, Panzer Dragoon. Oh yeah, Panzer uh, Dragoon Auto. Yes, of course. Yeah, they bought they bought that across. Um, yeah, so they, they they when when yeah when the original Xbox first came out, they had a very good close relationship with them. Um, Sega did also put some games out on PlayStation Two and GameCube, which are kind of exclusive to them as well. So like um, uh, Echo the Dolphin, even though it's on the Dreamcast, that came to PlayStation Two, um, and there's a few other games like Monkey Ball, for example, came to GameCube exclusively originally, at least. And mm-hmm. and then with the Xbox 360, again, Sega showed a lot of support for Microsoft in the early days, especially they had like games like yeah. Full Auto, they had Chrome Hounds, they had so these aren't games that are necessarily massive IPs, but they were showing right. support. Um, Sonic 06, yes, that's uh, <laughs> um, but but then something happened, and I don't know, I don't know if there's actually is a story behind this, but Sega seemed to then focus more on PlayStation and Nintendo. So a lot of those games that might have been exclusive at one point for Xbox suddenly became exclusive for PlayStation. Um, and the only games that Xbox really got were the big games like Sonic the Hedgehog, for example, uh, which were multi-platform. But Nintendo and Sony were getting lots of exclusives from Sega. Um, but then more recently, um, and this is where this is where there's sort of that speculation around this, this you know, uh, purchase coming, the rumor of the purchase coming out has come from, Sega started putting lots of exclusive titles that were PlayStation exclusive on Xbox. So the big one being um, the Yakuza games, for example. Uh, notoriously, they were basically exclusive for the PlayStation. They had, they did release the remaster of one and two on the Wii U, from what I remember, um, briefly. Um, like, but oh, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, most people don't remember that. But other than that, they'd all be exclusive to PlayStation. And now basically the entire collection is on PC and Xbox. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, we could be, we're just reading between the tea leaves or reading too much into the tea leaves. But uh, I mean, it could be because the Yakuza franchise has exploded since Zero came out. You know, like people started getting more invested in the whole mm-hmm. series. That's why they re-released it. Because it's like, oh, look, everyone's interested in Yakuza now, even though we've been around for, what is it, 10, 15 years now at this point? um but hey better late than ever i think it's a great franchise and i think i'm 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 glad that people are are looking into it i'm playing through them right now too i'm on three and i'm finishing it up and i'll be on yakuza four soon but uh yeah i think i mean it could be i'll just say this it could just be a case of uh it's more popular so let's expand it to other platforms that could just be the simplest it, explanation for that. It could be that. There is also the other thing, which is how Fantasy Star Online 2 um, is basically PC and Xbox exclusive as well. Um, there's the other, there's the other like, inclination that um, somehow Microsoft has struck a deal with Sega um, to have that as like an Xbox exclusive title. Um, and from what I understand, it's not coming to any other console. At least that's not been announced at all. So mm-hmm. there's other things like there's other hints like that, which people have started talking about this. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Here's the thing. I, I, in my, in my gut, I'm always excited by this um, because I think Microsoft buying Sega could be an interesting thing. If, if, 
if they were to basically what they, give what Sega needed, which I think is a bit of financial support and stability to help invest in some of their games, in their marketing, in possibly making games that, you know, going back and making some of those old school games. Or Shenmue 4, bitch. Making Shenmue 4, <laughs> exactly. That's what I want to see. Another, I want to see Skies of Arcadia 2. Like, I feel like Sega right now is almost too afraid, and quite rightfully so, to risk spending millions and millions of dollars on making some of these games which weren't critically successful originally. They've got a big following now, like a kind of like an indie following, but most gamers out there, you know, you know how like everyone likes Call of Duty and like the sports games and stuff. Like the big biggest selling franchises are those sort of games. So yeah, I think Sega's still a bit worried to buy that. If if Microsoft could back them and take that risk, maybe that could work. Who knows? Um, I'm just going to take. I'm just going to take a couple of um, chat, um, some of the stuff from the chat and stuff. So, the Akira Blade says, "Not a question, but I'd be extremely happy if Microsoft buys Sega. I mean, look at what they did with Rare lately. They gave them complete artistic freedom with Sea of Thieves, and that's actually quite a good point as well. Um, and kind of goes to what I sort of said with what they did with Minecraft, for example. They basically told the Minecraft team to just keep doing it, to keep doing what you do. And yeah, and even though Microsoft. I feel like Microsoft's treatment of Rare hasn't necessarily been entirely the best because I feel like they they bought them, they released Perfect Dark Zero, for example, and then they kind of didn't really do anything with that studio for a while. They got them to make the avatars on Xbox 360 and nothing really came out about it. But yes, with Sea of Thieves, that's a that's a franchise. That actually, that released like two or three years ago now. It's, it's actually keep going. They keep evolving that game and stuff. They're kind of just giving them that artistic freedom, as the Akira Blade says. Um so yeah, that could be really interesting to see. Um, and also we had in our, in our Discord chat, um, a couple of like little bits. Of, <laughs> I love these. So TJ had some predictions for us. Uh, let's see what you think of these, Martin. Um, Shadow shows up in future Halo game to eradicate aliens that wronged him. Do you reckon that could happen? Sounds like a terrible fan fiction. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't no. know if they, I mean, he, he's had a gun, so you know. <laughs> I guess I guess there's the uh, connection there. But is, I don't see that happening. How about this for a crossover game? Amy gets into an accident while driving her car from Sonic R. She wakes up in a strange town full of demons and must find her way out. Like <laughs> <laughs> new style. I feel like that'd be kind of messed up. It's like two completely different worlds. <laughs> uh, unless maybe you do it like in the style of like Luigi's Mansion, where it's more of like a cartoonish Silent Hill. But, that could that, that could be fun. Uh, you know, like Pyramid Head has you know big anime eyes. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, how about this one for another crossover? Tails finds himself in a village infected with a virus that turns everyone into zombies. He needs to figure out what strange corporation known as Umbrella has to do with the mysterious outbreak and how to escape the island in Tails Adventure Two. Would you play that? Would you buy that? <laughs> I mean, I would, but that's the Resident Evil is a Capcom um, IP. Uh, so I, unless, unless like the plan here is that Microsoft buys Capcom and Konami and Sega, and then they just start doing a whole bunch of, you know, crossover <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that'd be interesting. I think. <laughs> But here's one. Here's here's one that would be actually a more valid um, prediction uh, from TJ Master Chief to make a cameo in All Stars Racing Transform Two. Yeah, if so, you got Danica Patrick in there, you can get Master Chief in yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, because I feel like. Um, oh, in fact, wasn't maybe I'm mis- maybe I'm misremembering it. Wasn't Banjo Kazooie in the original Sonic Racing? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah. I mean, if um, uh-huh. if if Microsoft were to buy Sega, that could totally happen. Like, you get Master Chief, you get probably get Gears of War stuff. Halo has the vehicles to transform his his you know vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got, he could have the Warthog. He could um, he could go into one of the Banshees. He could go for the water section. He could go in the Ghost, so he's not actually in the water. He's like hovering above the water or something. There you go. That could that could work. I think that would be great. Cool. We, we, we've written the game for you there, Sega. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Nicholas Schaefer also um, on our Discord chat said um, it would get me to buy my first Xbox. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I think I think that's that's the nail on the head. That I think for like uh, Microsoft, if Microsoft were to do this, and that's what the speculation is coming from, people hopefully people in Japan would consider buying an Xbox, basically, and that's that's kind of what it all comes down to, really. Um, yeah. I'm glad I'm just I just have a gaming PC because then I could just get the Game Pass or whatever and then anything that's exclusive to Microsoft I could just play on my PC instead of getting another console. Um that's fair. But yeah, I I do think that that would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um and just going off off topic slightly cuz we mentioned it man about Panzer Dragoon. Have you heard, have you seen Azel Resurrection the fan project? Um, of Pants Dragoon Saga, basically. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the interview uh, that uh, is it. Anti Chris who did it. I think. I think yeah. he's the one who did the interview. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's on our, that's on MegaVisionsMag.com right now, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. If people are curious, we there. If people are first of all, if people are unaware, there is a new project uh, revolving around. Uh, Panzer Dragoon called Azel Resurrect the Azel Resurrection Project, and I believe the people behind Panzer Dragoon World are working on it. And I think the controversy was that they created a Patreon. Oh, let's see, with tears. Uh, and I think they said this: the project does not promise a full game. That's correct. Yeah, they uh, they they're basically saying they. What they don't want to do is overpromise anything. They're not promising a full game, but they are. I think they're trying to do as much as they can do. Really, they, they like they're create, recreating character models and stuff. Um, I think they mm-hmm. want to have a playable, um, a ga- playable sort of game model, at least a demo of some sort, um, to almost show what a game could look like. But maybe down the line, if they do get enough funding, if it goes on for long enough, they might be able to make a, a remake, or or hopefully it might tempt Sega to be like. Hey, these guys are doing a great job. Let's buy them, which is not unheard of because that happened with Sonic Mania, basically. <laughs> Let's face it. Um, Sega has has really reached out to the community of recent years and actually got some of them on board to actually help bring some of these dreams to life, which is great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Akira Blade says the Pads Dragon World is managing the social media aspect of it. So, um, got it. yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool feature because Panzer Dragoon Saga is like my favorite game of all time. I have said many times on the show, I love it. I would love to see a remake of it. I'd love to see something more from that another Panzer Dragoon RPG. Uh, it's sad that it's uh, you know, there, there there's the the ongoing. I don't know if it's actually. I still don't think this has actually ever been officially confirmed. But supposedly Sega lost the original source code for the Saturn version of the game, which is why one of the reasons why it hasn't ever been remade or revisited the Panzer Dragoon Saga. Um, but how do, you, how, how do you just lose a source code though? Like, how does that happen? 
It just it just happens. I think like back in back in those days, especially like on old hard yeah, drives and stuff. Like a physical hard drive or a server yeah. in some closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um. Apparently, it's happened with quite a lot of games and. You know, like the, this is this is a different industry, obviously. But you know, the BBC, um, uh, British Broadcasting Corporation in the UK, they, they they've been going obviously for for years and like um, decades now. Some of their early TV shows can never be reshown on TV because they recorded over the original um, reels, basically, because they just. <laughs> They just didn't think people would want to rewatch this stuff. They're like, yeah, let's just record over. So this like my dad like recording like the lottery over like my first baby steps yeah, video. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there's stuff that like it came it came out a few years ago. Yeah, there's certain shows that used to be shown in, like the sixties or the seventies or something, which the BBC just recorded over because they'd you know, it costs money to have these buy these reels and stuff. They thought let's just record over some of this. No one's gonna watch to watch this again. Like, what's the point? And it's like now now it's like Everything's on demand. We'd love to see the show again. Oh yeah, we don't have that anymore. <laughs> Reboots, uh, remakes. Now we're just going to remake all of them. That's how they're going to do it. Um, oh, the, the Kira Blades actually just said he's read an interview where the Pants Dragon creator uh, mentioned that they found the code again, which is great news. But he says, regardless, it's useless for a rem- remake at this point, which is fair because I think um, taking the original source code is. And trying to remake a game out of that, especially for the Saturn, is 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 a challenge. But um, yeah, at this point, just just make it remake it from the ground up. You know, yeah. just create an entirely new game. Yeah, because I mean, if they had the Saturn sword codes, what they could do is just literally have slightly sharper graphics and visuals. But for these days, modern days, it would be better to actually have a fully remade game, basically using you know all the fancy lighting effects you can get these days and water effects and everything. Um, but yeah, um, so on on the topic of uh, you know the, the rumors of Microsoft and Sega and stuff, um, yeah, do you, do you think this could happen? Let's 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 actually get down to this. Gritty. Do you reckon this could happen? Like not in a dream world, just um, how how valid do you think this is? I, I mean, like I, based on like all the things that I brought up before, that would be. I feel like like if I was in Sega's shoes, would be concerns that I would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, like you said, the cultural significance and differences between Microsoft and Japanese companies like Capcom, Nintendo, uh, Sega, and Konami. Because um, I feel like there's got to be some honor in that too. You know what I mean? Like like your own company getting bought out um by an american company <laughs> but but i don't know like i feel like japan's also been really westernized as well mm. uh, like like there's a starbucks and mcdonald's and all that <laughs> stuff and apparently, apparently it's kfc not- is ordered on on christmas or something did you know that that's like one of the biggest yeah christmas something like KFC that. or something like, i think it was like, wow. they had like the kfc guy like on a cross because there's like some i don't know if like the call the meaning of christmas was lost in translation but <laughs> but yeah that that's also a thing so i don't know i i think i think it, it would probably come down more to the uh the the just the sales aspect and then like what what would you do with us when you when you bought us would we go the way of rare or you know hmm. i don't know or, or would you be able to you know utilize us or or in a way, maybe it's just a partnership. Maybe, maybe there's like some weird partnership. I like, I know there were other talks about them just partnering to rebrand the Xbox as like a Sega console, but like, even I don't see how that would help 
either. Like it's still an Xbox, right? Like they're not going to just change the entire user interface and console just for one specific region. I don't think they would do that. No, you maybe know, not. But if they were, then, to, if they were to stick like a Sega logo on the outside of the box and stuff, like keep all their the interior, like the you know the actual software the same, but have like a yeah, Sega brand. Like, like, what? What are people stupid? Like, they, they know. Like, I don't think like don't people know. are that dumb. Here's the thing: like, oh, no, you, there's a Sega name on it right now. If if Sega, if if Microsoft and Sega were to release a Sega Xbox in Japan as a Sega fan, would you get it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I think I don't, I, I don't think so. I know that Scotty and I probably would because we bought we bought the freaking Game Gear micros. <laughs> like we we would definitely buy it. Yeah, um, I'm tightening my belt here. I don't know. I I don't know if I can just willy nilly get a Sega licensed Xbox right now. But <laughs> maybe but, if I had more, money, I would. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, now you make a good point there. I think yeah. Um, one one thing which actually Caesar in in the chat has sort of mentioned now if if this were to happen if Microsoft were to buy you know buy um, Sega Konami and Capcom for example he sort of said it would essentially make it that Microsoft was would become the Disney of games and destroy Sony's third party support do you reckon that's a fair statement almost I mean it would destroy their third party support uh. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it would, uh, I mean, that would mean that they would not be publishing for other companies, right? Unless Microsoft is fine with that. Um, That is a big chunk of of third party titles. Like if, I mean, if they bought all of them, oh yeah, like that's, that's basically (laughs) the entire Japanese with the exception of Square Enix, like almost the entire Japanese, you know, game uh industry you know mm. under one, under one belt like all the heavy hitters yeah uh i don't think that would ever happen that i don't yeah. think would ever oh, yeah happen. i don't think microsoft would have enough money to even do that to be honest like uh that well I, I also feel like these companies i don't know like they, i think there is some kind of self-respect kind of thing like you know like like we are a japanese company and you know we've been successful for over 60 years uh and that's just how it's going to be. Sometimes it's, I don't know, like, like I think there, there is that kind of uh, uh, dimension to, to the, to this whole situation uh, to consider. Yeah. True. Uh, but, but maybe I'll, may, I'll, I'll eat my words and, and I will, you know, put my foot in my mouth. If uh, <laughs> they buy out one of their companies, I, I'll say Konami might be the more reasonable one. Okay, I mean that that's a fair for what you've said and what everything that yeah you presented that does make sense. Um but yeah, even if even if Microsoft were to buy any one of these companies, it would completely change the the, the definitely the current generation, possibly future generations of consoles, because right now it used to be back in the day, for example, with with Nintendo, Sega and Sony back in like the Saturn and Dreamcast era and stuff, those those consoles all had very unique exclusive games on them they were mm-hmm. very there were, there were a handful of multi-platform games like the sort of sports games that you guess and stuff but even then sega had their own sports titles and stuff like that and um and then when the with the with the with the emergence of the xbox there seemed to be more and more companies that were making multi-platform games and now nowadays with the xbox um series x and playstation 5 it's basically every game is multi-platform there's like a handful of um unique games that are exclusive to each console which is um, right. 
it's nuts. It's nuts to think about that because, um, yeah, it's, 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 it seems like the, the only reason to buy one of these consoles is if there's one, like, for example, I would go for a Microsoft, um, console because I love Halo. That's, I mean, that's my, that's my jam, but there's no real reason for me to buy a PlayStation 5 because there's not enough exclusive titles on there at the moment, at least anyway. Um, right. I'm sure you feel the same with, with, xbox like if you you'd probably i assume from what i know you're a playstation 5 man aren't you uh or you'd, you'd go I'm for a playstation still, 5 i'm still looking for one i mean like i like when i was younger like during like the ps3 xbox 360 generation i did own a 360 so like for five or six years or whatever it was that was my you know next gen console um hmm. and then before that we had me and my brother had the ps2 the xbox and the gamecube Okay, because, yeah. because they did have like exclusive games that were only on there and then we were like we got to play that one and then the other ones exactly. popped up and that's kind of how it was but yeah now it's like there there aren't that many you know like playstation does have you know they have a couple they have i think horizon zero dawn is exclusive and so is god of war and so is the last of us uh, on cons i know and on console certainly but horizon's now on pc i believe uh Okay. Well, Uncharted as well, right? Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah, you're right there. You've got The Last of Us. You've got Uncharted. There are some exclusive games there. Yeah, I've got a few. I remember yeah. Crash used to be, you know, on PlayStation exclusively, and then mm. that went multi-platform, exactly. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Metal Gear, right? Dreamcast, and now it was it was everywhere, obviously, because yeah. they went third party, and then Metal yeah. Gear Solid it was yeah. exclusively on PlayStation, and then they went to Xbox too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for initially, because they, they released their first like multi-platform, I think was MGS2 Substance. That was on Xbox. Yeah, that was like the mastered complete edition. Yeah, basically, it took it took a while for it to come out. So, like PlayStation fans got a exclusive period, effectively, and it was only years later it all came out. And Grand Theft Auto as well, like the Grand Theft Auto games. They were basically on. Yeah, you had the first years on PC, obviously, but then the first one came out on PlayStation, and then. Oh, you had GTA 2 on Dreamcast, but then GTA 3, those games were on console initially, were PlayStation exclusive, PlayStation 2 exclusive. It was years yeah, I mean, later the that the Xbox got the version. Better, you know, like PlayStation won the console wars uh, in the 90s, and then they won when PS2 came out, too, you know? <laughs> they took out Sega, basically. Yeah, basically. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. At like exclusive games, I think there will be less and less. But like from a branding perspective and from a sales perspective, when you're trying to separate your console from the other consoles, you know what is your sales pitch? Like what it, what can you say about your console that separates it from an Xbox or a PlayStation Five or mm-hmm. a Nintendo Switch? Nintendo for you know their ingenuity like they have always been it looks like i mean they used to be like all right everyone's doing they also had a console but now it like after you know the the gamecube basically they're like fuck it we're not doing anything like that we're gonna have a controller that looks like you know your your tv remote you know <laughs> and it have motion control and now we're gonna have a console with another screen on it and then we're gonna have you know two screens on our uh, you know, portable. Like they basically thought completely outside of the box, and that made them incredibly successful, with the exception of the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then they came back with the Switch, and like no one can touch them in that field. Yeah, it's um, crazy. 
So like that's how they separated. But then when you're looking at PlayStation and Xbox, and then you have all these other attempts at at, it, you know, streaming consoles. You have the Amazon Luna. You have the Google Stadia. You have you have all Nvidia. I don't know Nvidia Shield or whatever it was. You have all of these attempts at uh, creating a console. if, I feel like with Xbox and Sony, it's like they have these established brands. So I feel like sometimes people are just kind of in their camps mm. and pick them because that's what they've known. I think that's a a big chunk. I mean, the exclusivity, I think, is another thing. Like Microsoft still had Halo, you know, and then PlayStation was like, all right, we have Destiny. <laughs> now, now we have Destiny. Now, that's the other one. They have Destiny. That's another exclusive. That, that was Wait, they've got Destiny? Uh... And was Wait. it because that was Bungie, right? Yeah, but that's 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 not exclusive to anyone. Uh, is Destiny not a PlayStation exclusive? I'm pretty sure it is. it's on Xbox. Well, I've got <laughs> Destiny one and two on my Xbox, so oh, well, shit. maybe it was it maybe it was a timed exclusive because I remember it coming out. I think it was a timed exclusive. Someone tell me if I'm wrong. I don't remember that being a time exclusive at all, but yeah, you, you could be right. I'm not sure. I'm personally not a huge fan of the Destiny games. I, I, I played them and I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why these are fun. But um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. To the point, there doesn't seem to be many exclusive. There was a f- there's a handful of exclusives on each console. I mean, like um, Microsoft owns the Ori games, for example. Um, which, which was, that's the interesting thing. Microsoft has released some games on Switch. Um, like mm-hmm. the Ori games, Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the Will of the Wisps, and some other games. They've allowed to go onto um, Nintendo platforms. So, and like even when Microsoft owned the Banjo Kazooie franchise, they actually released a couple of small Banjo Kazooie games on the game, game Boy Advance. I don't know if you remember those at all. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, they, they let them go on there. But, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see um, if if this was to happen. I th- I feel like I feel like it would be very good for Microsoft. Basically, I think it would be great for Microsoft. It could be good for Sega or whichever company they buy out. Um, just to have it's a game to have that financial support. Will it happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of doubtful. I'm going to uh, go with probably not. Mm-hmm. But if if it happens, then oh shit, I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> get more yeah. money and, and either buy an Xbox or hmm. I'm just going to stick to my PC. Just, just one final thought, which just came into my head just now, because you mentioned it earlier. If, if, um, if they were to buy Sega, for example, let's talk about Sega. Like, yes, your Japanese gamers would probably most likely still support, you know, PlayStation, Nintendo more, but the fact that having a massive Japanese franchise like Sonic, um, being being on on Xbox exclusive, I think that would tempt Japanese gamers to want to buy an Xbox. Um, you know, Yakuza franchise. If all the Yakuza's came to Xbox only, again, that's such a big franchise in Japan, and it's and Persona. In, yeah, that is, and, oh, that Persona is like, as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, those sort of games that are very in, uh, have have a huge influence in Japan. I think that would actually really help Microsoft. Um, Akira Blade does make a point that Sega's always had a, an American tie to it because like, the Sonic games, like Sonic 2 and stuff, were actually developed in America. But mm-hmm. I think at its heart, Sonic still is more of a Japanese franchise because um, it's just so big over there, basically. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, 
I mean, the Sega arcades are, are still, you know, in in Tokyo, like that's still like a popular destination, you know. Yeah, although that's that okay. Actually, this is one other thing. If Microsoft were to buy Sega, would they own the arcade system? Because the arcade side of things, so Sega, Sega has sold off like eighty five percent of their arcade business to Genki. Mm-hmm. So Microsoft may not actually actually own the arcade side of things. Hmm. Which would be interesting. Complicated. It's going to be very complicated. That's the other thing. This is going to be a messy thing. <laughs> it's going to be a whole spaghetti <laughs> string of stuff for Microsoft to untangle to if they were to buy something like this. <laughs> Man. Um, cool. I think we. I think we've kind of we've kind of gone over this subject enough now. Um, so let's should we, should we put it to bed for now? Then do you reckon? Until yeah, let's next. put it. Until something until it comes out again. Yeah. It, 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 let's <laughs> bury it in the grave until it strikes again and then we gotta pull Absolutely. out the shotgun set oh, it yeah. on fire <laughs> cool so yeah i guess that does it for that feature and kind of does it for the show this week is there anything you want to speak about martin anything else you want to chat about at all while we're uh, uh while we're well here? well if you guys don't know we have a patreon so please follow us on Patreon slash megavisions uh we did have an exclusive interview with the Azel resurrection project uh folks specifically like you said the community manager from panzer dragoon world who's helping them with social media that is on our website megavisionsmag.com uh graham also mentioned this earlier he uh did a xenocider playthrough so we're gonna share that out as well you can also watch the replay uh at your convenience yeah actually i'll, I'll drop uh, it i'll drop that link in the chat actually for this we're going to put it on the website as well but uh, there's the link to the video on youtube for i, pl- I played through and completed xenocider um which is a bloody tough dreamcast game it's so much fun um so shout out to retro summers the developers behind that um but you can watch me get annoyed and stressed and then get very happy playing through that game uh, <laughs> yeah um oh yeah anything anything else at all oh and then if you're watching us for the first time like and subscribe or follow uh, on Twitch. And we're also on YouTube as well. So check us out there. With that, I guess that does it for the show and everything. So yeah, thanks everyone for watching. Thanks for listening for any audio audio listeners. So yeah, if, if you didn't get to watch the full thing, we do put this up on our website, uh, the video podcast and also an audio version. So you can listen at your leisure um uh, later on but yeah other than that uh, check out megavisions mag uh, follow us on various places and thanks for listening thanks for getting involved in the chat everybody and next week we should be back with more fun sega chat and um also hopefully uh, scotty will be back as well so we can uh, have three of us again uh, which yeah. always adds extra stuff extra dimensions to our our chats as well but brilliant thanks again martin <laughs> awesome Cheers, everyone. Thanks for watching, and uh, catch catch you later. Cheers. Bye. Honey, I got to tell you about this sandwich.